The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear a brilliant marketer talk through the strategy, framework, and tactics used to elevate their brands to new heights. Ready to hear untold stories behind the brands you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the Rebrand. Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, where, as you know, we tell untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns as told by the marketers who built them. I'm your host and founder of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey, and today we're going to hear about Arizona Lottery's community impact and business modernization. I'm sure you're, you're either in other states or maybe in other countries, and you know a little bit about the lottery. The Arizona Lottery is a well over a billion-dollar business. So joining us today is Alec Thompson, who is the executive director at the Arizona Lottery, which is a state agency dedicated to generating funds for vital state programs, including higher, educations, health and, higher education, health and human services, environmental conservation, and economic business development. And today, Alec and I are going to discuss how the lottery impacts a wider Arizona community. All right, we're going to jump into this. Here's my conversation with Alec Thompson, the executive director at the Arizona Lottery. What's going on, man? Hey, Scott. It's good to be here today. And uh, it's funny, what you just stumbled on with our beneficiaries is something that we should probably talk about today. Let's do it. And, and look, there's other lotteries in other states that have a little more singular focus for beneficiaries. So I know that's one of your challenges. And our challenges together is to let the general public know that, hey, when you play the lottery, you're helping the state, you're helping, you know, essential services in our example is, uh, uh, you know, the state of Arizona. But I'd love to hear a little bit about your background. What I love is before you came over, you, you were on the agency side. Now you're on the client side running a, you know, multi-billion dollar operation. I'd love to hear a little just kind of background on you and, and, and kind of how you got into this crazy business. Yeah, well, I have fallen in love with lottery and gaming, and um, it's so great to be part of the Hobbs administration. But the truth is, I wasn't expecting to come back to public service. But I do have a long history of public service, probably over a decade. I've served a mayor, a council member, three governors now. So I'm on my third administration in the state of Arizona. But I did have a period where I was working for an Arizona-based agency. And we did some really great work. I primarily focused on public service and multicultural marketing. So that was also a lot of fun. So I got my little stint in the private sector and back to government now and um, having so much fun here at the lottery. I love it. And, and I think the board of trustees for the lottery before, so you, you had some experience and understood, you know, some of the goals and the organization. And once you came over, was, was anything you were surprised by once you dug in as being the executive director or anything? maybe you've learned as, as part of lotteries or some insights maybe you've had on the job so far? Yeah, you know, I think it's just so much more exciting than I actually thought it was just on, you know, so I served on the commission. I was appointed by Governor Ducey to the lottery commission, which I love that time. And it's what really 
helped me understand the industry from a high level initially. But getting into it, I mean, seeing the impact of lottery dollars on the community is just so significant. Seeing the impact that we have for the state of Arizona is just, it's real, it's tangible. And that's something that has gotten me even more excited. And, you know, also just getting really into the weeds on on some of the product development, you know, working with the OH team to get the word out about our new products, um, about our promotions, all that good stuff. I mean, once you're in it on the staff level, I think it opens up a whole new, new set of knowledge and responsibility, right? I do want to dive into, you know, some of the state programs and the community impact and how we explain that, how you explain that. And, and I do want to give a little disclosure, rebrand podcast. I know this is a global podcast, which, you know, is insane to me, but whatever, I'll, I'll take it. The Arizona Lottery is one of the Harky Group Agency's clients, OH Partners, which is our integrated agency, has worked the lottery for over a half decade. And so I do, I do want to disclose that. So when he says our work together, that, that's what I was talking about. But let's dive into some of the, the state programs and, and how that's communicated. I mean, you already alluded to the fact that there's so many different beneficiaries of the lottery in the state. I, I want to say we're over $250 million a year back to state programs. How do you tackle that challenge as the executive director? Yeah, well, you know what? It's actually exciting. We've had a record-breaking year of over $1.5 billion in sales, which translates to over $300 million in returns to the state. So that number has grown, and it's incredible. Thanks to our players that we've been able to increase that transfers, those transfers back to our beneficiaries. So we have 17 different beneficiaries. One includes the state's general fund. That's the largest one. So we help fund everything from roads to schools to parks. And then we have a select other number of beneficiaries that fall into kind of four key pillar areas. And, and you listed those off earlier. It's uh, higher education, environmental conservation, economic development, and health and human services. So, you know, we have our, our beneficiaries within those categories and we fully fund some programs. We offset costs to taxpayers in other cases. And so it's kind of a wider rate. It does pose some challenges though, right? Like being able to talk about what we do and what our impact is, is really hard when you're trying to get it into a 30 second elevator speech or an email campaign. So to really help our players understand that when they're playing, Arizona is winning. And so that's something that is a challenge for us. I think we've gotten, gotten it down a little bit, but we're not like North Carolina education lottery, for example, right? That is clear what those dollars are going to. Our dollars are going to all of these different causes which also is an opportunity, right? Because we can really tailor our message, segment our message to talk about the things that people want to hear about, depending on what their interest is, is in. Yeah. And, and, and that's such a, a great point. And yeah, there are other lotteries that, you know, have single beneficiaries that certainly from a marketing perspective, make it easier to tie your play to the benefit of a singular program. And the other challenge you alluded to is, I mean, we're effectively in the business of entertainment. I mean, selling entertaining games for a chance to win money at, at thousands of retailers across a state. And how do you balance, you know, what the lead message is going to be or the benefit for players versus also the benefit they're providing the state? What have you learned in that? Is the singular message to play? And then, oh, by the way, you know, the state also benefits. Is it a mixture of both? How do you, how do you manage a media mix in, in that world? Well, you know, it's something we're, we're trying to figure out right now. I think we can tailor the message to the audience that we're talking to, right? So if you're talking to, you know, someone political, someone that's kind of in leadership in the community, then you really want to focus on that broader 
impact, right? The economic impact of our commissions that we pay to retailers across the state, the the workforce that we support from our vendors and, you know, in internally at the lottery. And then obviously that 300 million in transfers back to the state. But, you know, I think looking looking at it, you know, from a kind of future standpoint, how do we start communicating that to the generation of the next generation of lottery players who are extremely cause driven, right? They are their dollars are being spent based on how companies are engaging with them, how both from a, a diversity standpoint, a multicultural standpoint, but also from a, a community investment standpoint. How are those companies giving back? Because that I think is driving a lot of decisions on how consumers are engaging with products. And it's something that sets us apart from the competition we have in the gaming industry. That's a great point. But I know other lottery organizations like NASPOL and some of the big ones that, that meet, you know, once a year to talk about the challenges and opportunities of lottery. I mean, Arizona Lottery in a number of ways, I'm going to brag on you. And the Arizona Lottery has, has, has really been the gold star in the industry in terms of how we've grown sales, how we engage players, how we segment different audiences and tailor different messages to different audiences, which I think is why it's been one of the fastest growing lotteries in the country. But to your point, I think the real opportunity and challenge for the industry and, and Arizona Lottery specifically is how do you engage new players? And it's something the gaming industry talks a lot about. And for a long time, the gaming industry had said that millennials don't like games of chance. They like games of skill. And so slot machines, which were primarily the leading revenue driver and EBITDA for a lot of these gaming organizations, weren't really a game of choice for millennials. And that's why in Vegas, you've seen a lot more entertainment options and restaurant options, uh, pool parties, as an example. I mean, entertainment is a pretty big bucket of stuff. And then the lottery, and what I've loved about you and Chris and your leadership is how do we really get millennials involved playing the lottery? Because baby boomers and other people who play the lottery for a long time who love the lottery aren't going to be around forever. And it's a real challenge. And I think you nailed it on the head with what millennials do care about, what younger generations care about, which is cause-driven initiatives. And so that messaging is, is even more crucial for the relevancy of this industry. And I think the other piece that I think we've had success with, you've had success, Chris, we've all had success with is really experiences and collaborations, mm -hmm. which is like our state park campaign, which I thought was, mm -hmm. was just brilliant. I mean, I'm biased, obviously, but talk about maybe the future of marketing to millennials or partnering or millennials as players within the Arizona lottery. Is it, it you mentioned the cause aspect. Is there anything else maybe you want to elaborate on, on the, on the future proofing this business? Yeah, I think you touched on it exactly. And, and I, I'm biased too, because <laughs> that ticket is one of my favorites. I wish I could play it, but it engages our players in a completely different way, in an experiential way, right? So it's, it's taking, it's, it's the Arizona adventure. It's, you know, a game of chance, but it also takes you out to some of the most iconic places in the state of Arizona, you know, where you can check in and, and have a second chance of winning. You know, that's just one example we have. And this kind of gets into our multicultural engagement too. We're looking at ways that we can send folks out to the Latino billboards awards and awards in uh, Miami, right next year. So that's another way to engage folks. You know, Luke Combs is a promotion we've done something that you can uh, go experience that at a level that you would never normally able to be able to experience. We have Hawaii Getaway coming up. So I think that is one sector of engaging consumers within the restrictions we work under, right? I mean, we have to acknowledge that lottery and gaming are, are highly regulated industries, right? And so 
the 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 amount that we're able to innovate is is limited and and that's okay we we can find ways to engage our consumers in a way that works for them that speaks to them and that's also through our players club app so we have our loyalty app that gives folks another chance to kind of tie together that core product that scratcher product and take it online and then not only have more chances to win but become a loyal lottery player and and see that that investment that they're making uh, pay off even more. So the fun continues through that space. Yeah, that Arizona Parks campaign was just so cool. I mean, you had the iconic Arizona landmarks that are incorporated in an actual ticket and then a second chance for people that love being outdoors, which Arizona is a very outdoors market. You know, millennials love being out and experiencing the outdoors. So, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of obviously that ticket promotion that was very forward thinking. One thing I think about as we get into holiday season coming up for CPG marketers and casino or for lottery industry markets, which I think are 40 plus in in the US, I think we're coming into a tight economy, right? And I think I saw a stat from someone who does like credit card processing consumer data. And I've said this on the show before, actually, he was on the show. And 52% of Americans now are on a fixed shopping budget. You know, we just got a, a notice from the Fed today that they're not increasing rates, but they said, hold on, we could. So we're not seeing maybe the rates come down like we thought we would. So I do think we're going to be in a very challenged retail season this year. And the other thing that I thought was super interesting, and you guys in the lottery have already tapped into this early, which I love, is even though shopping budgets are pretty fixed and and flat, or even in some cases down and and a little bit depressed market, and people are looking for more value-driven brands, I think like the Kirkland brand at Costco or signature brands at Safeway, like some of the private label brands are certainly on the rise, which makes even a bigger need for product and campaign differentiation in the marketplace. But one thing that was up and it kind of surprised me is experiential engagement, like travel that involves some sort of experiences um, and travel in general was up. And specifically in the travel category, experiences were up. And so what you guys have been doing for the last few years, I think, is even more relevant today for marketers with with tapping into some sort of experience, something that's just beyond winning money, something that's beyond just a functional benefit of a product, mm-hmm. especially within a, a crowded, probably even depressed retail market over the holidays. Man, so I, it's kind of more of a tangent than maybe a question, but is there is there other things? I mean, you talked about the Luke Combs concert, which I thought was, you know, incredible. Mm-hmm. We're, we're tying in things that, are, are more than just winning money or more than the functional benefit of a lottery ticket, which is winning money. It's, it's all the yeah. other things. As this holiday season comes upon us, is there anything else you think about? Or even maybe in terms of audiences, you talked about multicultural marketing, which is certainly a big percentage of the state of Arizona. And I certainly think a, a missed opportunity. Is there anything else maybe you see in the future for this holiday season? Yeah. You know, well, first of all, I think lottery can be an experience if you make it one, right? I mean, the ticket sales during holiday season for us is huge. I mean, it's, it's I think, a 60 million, I think we do uh, in scratcher sales during holiday season alone. I mean, that's huge for the business. But, you know, I think, one, holidays is a great way for us to engage the casual player. It's a great way for us to show them what, what lottery is all about and hopefully keep them engaged through some of those additional second chance wins. But it's also something, you know, for me, I think lottery was a, a cultural thing during the holidays, right? Like, you know, I, I, I don't want to get my mom in trouble here, but, you know, there was always a scratcher in my stocking. And, you know, I think it was less about like, you know, okay, go, go gamble this. But it was really about 
tradition. Mm-hmm. And, and so how do we, how do we build, how do we continue that culture? You know, I'm not recommending that anyone give scratchers away to their kids, <laughs> but I mean, really, like, how do you use it as a family activity? You know, mm-hmm. seeing grandma play scratchers or, or mom buying a Powerball ticket on their way home from work. Like, it's about kind of building that lottery culture within families. And, and that's something we're talking about a lot is, you know, how do we, how do we continue that with, with these newer generations, these newer families, millennials that are starting to have kids, Gen Z that's trying to have kids. You know, you, you mentioned something else. I think, I think, oh, you know, to just kind of get back to the multicultural piece of this, I think it's something that I am completely looking at right now. I mean, this is something that I'm obsessed with. I just feel like I know as someone who has a diverse identity that brands who engage me in a different way speak to me. And I am definitely willing to be more loyal. So this, I mean, this might be like a personal perspective, but I also have seen the data that backs this up. So I think being able to speak to different communities in a way that that's going to resonate, that's going to keep them engaged is just absolutely critical. One that I have asked my team to look into is Selena, the the Mexican-American star. I'm sure a lot of people from Corpus Christi, a lot of folks know Selena. But, you know, even Ulta has bought into this brand. You know, I don't know if we're going to be able to pull off the licensing or if they're going to be open to it, but it's one example of something that if I saw that at a Circle K, I would 100% buy it because it's something that's nostalgic for me. It's something that resonates with my heritage. It's something that is kind of like retro cool now, which mm-hmm. is crazy because this was almost 20 years ago now that maybe, God, what, 30 years ago since uh, she was a big star. So looking at, at those different kinds of things and not to just hone in on my personal experiences, but all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, country fans, you know, what are we doing with different cultural celebrations within the Latino community? All of that is is important, I think. Yeah, I mean, you hit on two insanely valuable points, I think, for marketers and something that I think about the first around, you know, and this is what I heard. I mean, the retail season upon us and there's a lot of brands that have, you know, seasonality to it and to really recognize the seasonality. And I, I say this all the time, I call it peak on your peaks rather than trying to help different seasons of your business that aren't quite as good. And, and of course, you want to level those out as much as you can. And you work with what we call in you know, the hospitality industry, like the shoulder seasons. How do we make the shoulder seasons? But also, how do you peak on the peak? And if we found this insight for lottery, and the insight is, in my mind, people don't want to give a crappy gift to somebody, right? It's like fear of giving a crappy gift. I don't know what FOMO is or what that you know <laughs> acronym would be, but fear of giving a gift that's it's not meaningful. But when you give a lottery ticket in the holiday season, what we have found is that it's giving somebody a chance to dream for a minute, right? And that's yeah, really the beauty sure. of the lottery. And I think why, you know, it, it's such a great gift and why the sales speak to that. And rather than just waiting for, you know, billion dollar jackpots to roll around when sales are going to be good, mm-hmm. you found a peak and you peaked the peak. So that's one strategy I thought was super successful that you've honed in on probably sooner than a lot of other lotteries. I don't have the data to back that one up, but that's my sense when we go to NASPL and some of these events. And, and then the second piece, which I, I just think, and in, in, in your background in multicultural marketing certainly gives you the insights and the data to back this up. I think when you talk to audiences in a special, intimate way, it means something. Whether it's country fans, whether it's music fans, whether it's state park fans, whether it's Latino heritage or events 
or cultural experiences means something to people that a brand's taking the time out of their day and giving nod to something that means a lot to me as a human. And then not only that, that's like step one. Step two is you've taken even a step further and productized that. So it's not just like, oh, we are sponsoring Luke Combs. It's like, no, this is a country music ticket. Yeah. Right? This is a a state park ticket and you're packaging the product with the marketing and message Mm -hmm. and the audience. And I think that's really been the genius of of a lottery going from, you know, 750 million in sales to a billion five in sales and really to, to your leadership. But man, there's so much else we can go to. Look, I think we're going to wrap it up here, Rebrand. Like we're, we're over like normal. Alec brought some insane insights. I want to give him a big, big thanks uh, for coming. I know we've talked about this before and I was so excited to get him on today. Big thanks to Alec Thompson, the executive director at the Arizona Lottery. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to contact Alec or you want to learn more about him or we're going to put his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. And you can also find the website, ArizonaLottery.com. Another link in our show notes I want to tell you about, if you didn't have a chance to take notes, like always, we're going to put them on RebrandPod.com. That's RebrandPod.com. We put everything there, episodes, summaries, contact information, anything you need. I did want to let you know about another sponsor that's coming on board. First, we, we had LinkedIn, which I was super pumped about. The next one, we have a new sponsor coming on board. I'm going to let you out. You'll probably hear the ads, but it's Shopify. So we got some really cool sponsors. As you guys know, we don't pay to have guests on. They don't pay us. The sponsors make this happen. And th- big thanks to our producer, Ben Shapiro at I Hear Everything. We're in like his little marketing suite of podcasts and he's killing it for us. And we appreciate him so much. You can find me pretty much anywhere. He's just at Scott Harkey on, you know, probably LinkedIn and, and Instagram is probably the best places, but you know, we're on TikTok. We're on, we're on all those things. So if you want to reach out to me and I uh, would just keep building this marketing community. So I appreciate you all. And again, the biggest thing KPI for us in these things is people subscribing. About 7,000 plus strong marketers subscribe. We'd love to have you. If you know people that continually want to get better at the, the craft of brand marketing, we hope you send them to this. I know a lot of people reach out to me and say, hey, I sent this to the blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. So anyway, that's it for today. But remember, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand. <laughs>